I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole, and it's also bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the original Major League Baseball team, the Cincinnati Reds. Not to be a favorite. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 2,453 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter X and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for notification. Every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, you can go to ZTV online, ZTVCincinnati.com. Go check it out there. I am live on there as we speak. And if you guys would like to support the show or anything, uh, there's supposed to be a donation thing down there somewhere. If you guys want to donate, uh, help out the show, I greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from this glorious place down here. It's the ICA. The ICA is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. And I know we're talking Reds today, but, you know, we hit the jackpot when we drafted Joe Burrow. Like I've been saying, I think we hit the jackpot when we signed Jake Browning. Anyway, if you guys want any of the Jackpot Joey merchandise, the hats, the shirts, the hoodies, the flags, any of that stuff, go right there to jackpotjoey9.com. If you want any of the beer, it's award-winning and delicious. It's also right there. Um, it is from Brick Brewery, so you can go there. Brick Brewery will be doing a live show there this Friday night as well. So make sure you check that out. Remember, portions of the proceeds go to Joe Burrow. Uh, Foundation. Like I said, we are doing a live show. I'll put this up here real quick. A uh, live show for Brick Brewery. This Friday. So make sure you guys get there. Uh, we'll be giving away Bengals tickets. Uh, Common Threads uh, will be there giving away some stuff. Uh, it'll be me and uh, Joe Farsing, some guy from the Bengals show. He's on some group called The Riverfront. I don't know. You guys might have heard of him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so we'll be there. And he can argue with me about uh, trading Jake Browning. And he can argue with me about Reds and whatever. Anyway, it's going to be a good time. Make sure you guys... Check it out. What's up to everybody in the chat crew? Let's see here. Uh, strangers first. Robert's in there. Paul's in there. Johnny Paps, my boy. ZTV. T-Boo. Alex Head. Hey, I can put you on. I think you're new. How you doing? What's up? Uh, Lindsay's in there. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's all the new people. All right, let's get to it. Uh, I've been working on this for a couple months. Now, Nate is from the Riverfront. They do the Riverfront Reds. And they did a live show back in the summertime. Uh August, September, something like that. And they did down there to stretch. And I, they invited me to come down. I'll come down just to support them or whatever. And all of a sudden, Nate looks at me and goes, oh, we got Strawberry Ice in the house. We're going to yank his ass up on stage. So I had to go live on there with him. But these guys are awesome. Make sure you check them out. Let's get to Nate. What's going on, brother? Woohoo! Jeff, thank you for having me. Happy to be here, ready to talk some ball. Cincinnati baseball is hot in the streets. Hell yeah, dude. I am excited. Now, I was, I, I was said we were going to talk about stuff, but I want to get to this first thing, this comment from Paul, uh, Paul here. He said, so we traded Hopkins for cash or a player to be named, na named. Take the player to be named could be a diamond. What's your thoughts on that? I'll go with that right off the bat. Yeah, so uh, quick shots. TJ Hopkins was a guy who really, for me, it just goes to show you 
how difficult that jump from AAA to Major League Baseball is. Right. That guy last year at Louisville, he hit 308 with a 925 OPS, was just raking all year. But as things go, you know, farewell, sweet prince. My guy, um, they needed to clear up some room on the 40-man roster after uh, signing um, Austin Wynn. And T.J. Hopkins was that sac- sacrificial lamb. Now, everybody sees cast consider- considerations, and as Reds fans, we get pretty nervous. <laughs> this <laughs> team has not done the right thing more often than not over the years. But recently, uh, it just seems like there's different vibes coming out of the front office. And, you know, you don't have to look back too far to see a pretty notable player to be named later, Connor Phillips, one of the Reds' mm-hmm. top pitching prospects, guy that I'm pretty high on myself was that player to be named later in the uh, trade with the Mariners that sent Gino Suarez and Jesse Winker over. So just like my man Paul says, yeah, get the player. The money's fine. Bob's got plenty of it. We need dudes. And if you trust Nick Crawl, then I like the odds. I, I think it's, I, I trust Nick Crawl. I, I put that out there. I trust Nick Crawl. And, and the, the offseason moves here, we got Emilio and we got uh, Nick Martinez. Um, Martinez – Signed as a starting pitcher, personally, I think he's going to come out of the bullpen, but it's a lot of money to pay a bullpen guy. But either way, he's that swing guy that mm-hmm. that I, we didn't necessarily have. And I always – I'm going to show my age, but we we're just talking about the 1990 Reds. And that swing guy for them was Rick Mailer, if you remember him. He had a rubber arm. He could start. He could long relief. He could do short innings. You need that veteran guy. Uh, where, where are you seeing the, the two guys that, that, that signed in the offseason? Where, where do you think they're going to fit in? First off, you said it right. You have to have those guys. Last year, Luke Weaver and Ben Lively combined for over 170 innings pitched. Mm. And those are guys that should not be starting Major League Baseball games unless you're desperate. <laughs> yes. No we offense. had a lot of those desperate starts last year. <laughs> we had mostly. Um, I think you're right. I think that uh, you know they're, they're saying all the right things. They gave Nick Martinez enough money that makes me think that they are going to try him out as a starter and probably means that they're going to take their time with Nick Lodolo. I don't think that he um, is going to be in that opening day roster unless he is absolutely 100%. And they should take their time with him. The thing that kills it with him is, dude, the little bit he was up here, he was dealing, dude. He was pitching good. I was, like, getting really excited because I remember we were driving back from Florida or South Carolina. I can't remember, springtime, and and he was pitching. I can't remember who he's pitching to, but he – I think it was the Braves maybe early in the season and he was dicing them up dude. Mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is looking good. And then next thing you know, he's on the IL and he's, we never saw him again. It's like, ah, oh. so what do you, do you have any, any idea where he's at on his, his uh, recovery? Everything I'm reading says that he's on schedule, that he's going to be ready for uh spring training and he's, he, he won't miss a day. So if that's the case, then maybe he's, he's there right. The uh, you know, first two or three starts of the season, but I would just urge the Reds to be extra cautious because I don't, I, I won't throw around the word like injury prone. He's too young. We don't know that yet. But wait, what you saw mm-hmm. is what a lot of people saw. A lot of people thought that maybe he is going to be that number one guy instead of Hunter Green. Mm-hmm. And I think that potential is there. So you got to, you, you, nur- you nurture that, you nurse that every single way you can because I think he is an absolute stud. Actually, the, and my favorite one is this is. Not because he came on my show and it helps, but Graham Ashcraft, I love that dude. I love his bulldog mentality. And to me, because I, I remember, like, let you start off like a ball fire, then he had the lull, and then he came back and started pitching good, then he got hurt. And and some people during the season last year were, were on here saying, oh, he, he's a relief pitcher. I said, bull crap. No, he's Travis. not. He is a bona fide number two, number three mm-hmm. starter. He, he, You need that type of guy out there. And I'm really looking for a, a big year. From him and, and all our three big guys, mm-hmm. Hunter Green was injured, Lodolo, Ash, all three of them were, were up and down last year. Like, Nate, if we can get those guys to be healthy and consistent and then throw in Andrew Abbott in there, dude, if we, if we go out and get another starting pitcher, dude, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> we're talking playoffs, dude. I, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I already think that the Reds have one of the best offenses in the entire, in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Braves are up there, Orioles are going to slug, the Rangers, obviously, but I think the Reds. Up and down the lineup. When, when the weak link in your lineup is Tyler Stevenson, right. you're trotting out a pretty good roster. And first no, off, by the way, he was coming back from from you know he broke a collarbone. I think that had a lot to do with his yeah. down season last year. He only has enough games played to qualify as, as it's like it's like a second year in the league. He had a sophomore right. slump last year. Yeah, people think he's been around forever, but he just hasn't played in that many games. But also, let me say that y'all's interview with uh, Graham Ashcraft was 
awesome. I love that. It was one of the more just like laid back, real conversations that I've ever seen a major league ball player have. Usually they're all buttoned up and yeah. the publicists keep control of it. We were it. talking hunting. We were talking jerky. We we're talking all kinds of stuff. Like, dude, he's he's cool yeah. as hell. He, he it was awesome. Yeah. I was mad at I was mad at Joe for not um, telling Mr. Ashcraft. I have been huge on Graham Ashcraft since he was in Double A. I have just started telling everybody. I caught some video of him. I was like, this guy's his stuff moves in ways that I've, I, you, you almost never see. So yeah. I, I'm with you. Any conversation about him as a reliever makes me nuts. Well, next time I get him on the show, because he said he'd come back on before the season starts, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link. I'll try, and hopefully you can jump on with us. Get that me. hack Joe off here. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you, Joe. <laughs> nah, Joe, he's okay. He's all right. He's all right. All right. So um, the offseason, the, the only mood I think that the the all the Reds fans are, are waiting on is that starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've gotten to the point where – the guys that are on the roster, I'd rather keep all the ones that are up here. The guys that are not, which would include your boy, Phillips, I'm willing to trade, not a whole bunch of them, but a couple of them, for that number one starting pitcher because I think we need that. And I'm not not that I'm getting nervous, but I kind of thought maybe something might have happened already or would have happened already by now. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Reds going out and getting that starting pitcher and giving up the, the, the prospects for them? Yeah, I think we're going to have to give up the prospects because based on this extension that Tyler Glass now got with the Dodgers, I think the Reds have been priced out of the free agent market for a top-of-the-line guy. Mm-hmm. He signed for that $30 million a year extension. Blake Snell's still out there. He won the Cy Young last year. He's going to get as much or more than Glass now got. So you start looking at trades, and you're right. That's what the Reds are going to have to do. Now, I get into Glass, a lot of trouble. Glass now I like. I, that's the one I like. That's what I, I, I'm holding out hope for him still. Yeah, the um, I get in trouble a lot on the internet because I would say trade them all, trade all the prospects if you get the right return. Yes, uh, my brother Chad, the uh, co-host of the Riverfront Red Show, he always says prospects are only as good as how much they help the major league club. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I talk about Connor Phillips. I'm really high on this guy, Rhett Ladder. He's going to be too. a dude. Mm-hmm. But if you can make some sort of deal, package somebody, and there are a few people that I would love to target. We've heard the rumblings about Shane Bieber in Cleveland. Oh, I like Bieber, Bieber, but I don't know that he's, uh, you know, he's, he's he's on the other side of his career. He'd still be an improvement, and I would still support it. But you package him with someone like Emmanuel Class A, mm. and you get a lockdown reliever on top of that. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it gets a little more interesting. Dylan Cease, another guy the Reds were um, – um, rumored to be in a lot of talks with they were asking for the moon for this guy and he's good and i get it but they were asking for rent louder chase petty edwin arroyo and another position player no, that, that, that's too much i'm not giving up all those i, I give i give you two of them now i'll give you this rent louder was one that i'm like dude i do not want to get rid of him but now that we got the number two mm-hmm. pick in the draft which how, how crazy is that we lose 100 games <laughs> Yeah, we lose 100 games the year before. We got seventh. We win 80 this year, or 87. We get the number two pick. That just blows my mind. But anyway, so now that we get the number two pick, I'm a little more willing to mm-hmm. give up Rhett because you probably can, you're probably going to get the best or second best pitcher in the draft this year. 100%. The question becomes, do you want to compete for a playoff spot every year, or do you want to try to win a World Series? Because, Jeff, I don't know exactly how old you are. I'm almost 40 years old. The Reds have made the playoffs exactly six times. Six in my entire freaking life. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> I, I want some playoff runs, but let's go all the way. Let's make a run for this thing because they have so much talent up and down this roster. Well, I am 48 years old. Um, so I was born in 75. One thing won the World Series in 76. I don't remember it. But I do remember the 1990. 1990 is my all-time favorite team. I love that team. Sweet Lou, my boy Sabo. And that's the last time we won a World Series. We haven't won a playoff series since 1995. I was 25 years old. My son and daughter have never, and I mean never, seen the Reds win a playoff series. Ever in their life. My son's 23 years old. That's got to end, dude. That has got to freaking end. The biggest crime of all of it is since Cincinnati is such a baseball town. Mm-hmm. Like this town gets behind its baseball team like no other place in the country. And a lot of it's because it's not this major market. There's not all this other stuff to do, other stuff to get distracted by. 
They rally behind their teams, and I think that the fans just deserve a winner like that. Absolutely. All right, I see the Paul here again. He's got some good questions. He said, uh, we aren't far off from having a legit staff. It would be nice to see Williamson to develop one more pitch as a starty, starter. Sorry for the caps. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Williamson actually had a, a, a darn good year for us last year, to be honest. But for me, he's a guy – If he's not one of the guys I would put in the, in the top five. You know, for me, it's the three. The, the, the top four is in no particular order. Green, Hulodolo, Ashcraft, and Abbott. And then hopefully we get that number one piece is what I'm kind of hoping. And then you can put Williamson in the bullpen. Uh, to be honest, And people say he's a star. Yeah, yeah, If he's got good stuff, I want to develop that bullpen because God love David Bell. We know he loves his bullpen. And, we, and nobody pitches past the damn fifth inning anymore, you know. So you need that that bullpen. You need those, those fireballers down there. So what, what, what's your thoughts on, on Williamson there? I'm a big Williamson fan, but I'll be honest with you. I was not going into last season. He had just – he looked bad yeah. in AAA. When he got called up, it was out of necessity, not because he was ready. And then, of course, just as it was scripted, he was fantastic in his first start, and he seemed to just improve a little bit all throughout the year. So I still think he has that, like, three, four, five guy in the rotation p- potential, but there's always a but. The Reds have never had – they are not – shouldn't say never. That's ridiculous. They do not have a single starting pitcher that has ever thrown more than 150 innings. You have to have these guys. That blows my mind. That, they are an old guy. That blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> there are rookies. They are these young dudes. You have to have seven or eight legitimate guys to get through a season at least. Mm-hmm. So even if Williamson starts out in the, in the bullpen, that doesn't mean he's going to stay there forever. Right, right. But you, but you need good guys in the bullpen. We saw how many innings – from these also rands and guys that we'll never see again in a Reds uniform. <laughs> you give those innings to Nick Martinez and Brandon Williamson mm-hmm. and, you know, Emilio Pagan, a signing that I liked a lot. Instead of some of these scrubs, I think that the uh, the ceiling, the red ceiling has not been raised a ton by these offseason moves. No, no. But that floor has been raised quite a bit. Yes, yes. Now, uh, one of the offseason uh, moves is uh, uh, Jammer C- Candelario. I'm trying to get his name right. I don't know why that trips me up there. I practiced and- in the mirror for 30 minutes before this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people lost their damn mind. Oh, my God, we signed another infielder. And, I, Nate, my first thoughts was you move Ellie to center field. That was mm-hmm. my very first thought. That, I mean, can me and me, this is not really me and Joe argue about He's about he, – Jonathan India is a quote-unquote bad infielder. Again, I'm an old dude. If if Jonathan India gets to every ball, he can get to. He's not out there kicking the ball around. So, Mm -hmm. yes, by the analytics on stuff, his range, arm, yes, he's not that good of a second baseman. But by the eyesight and how I judge guys, if you you get to every ball you can get to, that makes you a good defender. Not a great one, not a gold glove. To me, if you do that, you move Ellie to center field, and people are like, well, you, do you want to put that much on his plate? I don't think it's going to bother Ellie at all. You've seen that dude just do a basket catch over his shoulder in the infield. If he can do that, he can easily go out in the outfit. I don't think it would be a, a problem. And, and he can play gold glove center field, and you can have a pretty damn mm-hmm. good up the middle. The other thought I have is Arroyo. If he can make a jump and hit this year and make it up to the major leagues this year, you got him at shortstop who, from what I've heard, is actually the best defensive mm-hmm. shortstop we got. You move Matty Bats over to second, Ellie in center. Dude, that's a gold glove up the middle. And old old guy, baseball, you want to have your your best defensive players right up the middle. What's, what's your thoughts on that? I uh, I threw out on Twitter um, a theory about Ellie playing the center because he came out and said in an interview that he's willing to uh, check it out. Joe, call him as he sees him. I appreciate that, everybody. <laughs> um, I think you get the most value out of Ellie at shortstop. Yeah, but, right, right, and this right. is a huge but, he didn't look good there last year. I'm not saying he can't play. That's, that's He's got all the talent he, yeah. in the world. He's got more talent in his pinky toe right. than I've ever had doing anything in my life. <laughs> right. But if if they don't make a trade, and that's how I saw the Candelario signing, like this is the move before the move. Yeah. But they don't have to make a move because all these guys play multiple positions. They can all play him somewhere between okay to really well, except for maybe Jonathan India. <laughs> but these are good problems to have. I mean, Fernando yeah. Tatis Jr. over in San Diego – Moved to outfield last year yep. so that they could get better bats in the lineup. Get, I mean, keeping these bats in the lineup is more important than having right. these guys stick where you think yeah. their highest trade value is. And honestly, I'd rather see Ellie 
out there in center field and India at second base than CES out in right field or India out in left field. I mean, I, I, that to me, cause you want to get your best, the best defensive team you can put out there. And to me, if you have Elliot center and India at second, that is to me the best India is the better second baseman than he's going to be an outfielder. I mean, he's going to be, that, that's the best one. But I mean, like I said, if, if Arroyo can develop, you know, he's going to be, he's going to develop, mm-hmm. but if he can develop this year, that's, Huge, in my opinion. But I Listen, do agree with you. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. So you put Elliott in center field. You don't even need a left and right fielder defensively. <laughs> right. Exactly. He just covers the whole thing. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, he would be – I mean, dude, you're talking Eric Davis. You're talking Ken Griffey mm-hmm. Jr. out there. And I know – um, oh, I can't remember. The guy, the co-host with Jeff Carr on, on Locked on Reds. I can't uh, Steve Offenbaker. Steve Offenbaker, yeah. And he, great he, guy. Great show. Yeah, he, yeah. Shout out to those guys. They do a great job. Um, He talked about that, putting Elliott out there. And – and his thought was, oh, I don't want to see Ellie out there crashing in the walls and all this stuff. I'm like, Ellie's going to be crashing into stuff anyway. Yeah. It's Ellie. He's That's the way he plays. You know, so I'm not worried about that. And and as, as young as he is, and 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 what hurt Junior was playing and diving on concrete, which is yeah. AstroTurf. And, and that, that's what they had in the kingdom. So it's more of the AstroTurf and, the, and what was underneath the AstroTurf, which was concrete. <laughs> that's what more hurt Junior's legs. Then going to, to mm-hmm. the wall, yeah, crashing the wall didn't didn't hurt, didn't help. But I mean, that's where I think with the GABP being a all grass field, that's going to help him and hopefully prolong his his uh his career. Yeah. Now, question I have for you: You got Elliot, you got Marte, and those are the guy, the two guys with the biggest ceiling. I love Elliot Marte, and that's what I think that kind of drives me up. People are like, "Oh, maybe they're going to trade Morte." I was like, "They are not trading Morte." He had into the guy. season with a 15 game hit, hitting streak. He played Gold Glove third. That's your third baseman. Candelaria is going to first base. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll be shocked if it's, if it's the other way around. But which one, in your opinion, is going to be the more consistent player? As of right now, I know it's a very, very small sample size, but those are two guys with the biggest ceilings. Which ones do you think is going to have the the more consistent consistent season? You're talking about Noel V or Ellie? Yeah, Noel. Yeah, sorry, oh, I, I bounced around there. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I mean I think it's got to be Noel V Marte. He uh, he blew me away with his approach as a rookie last year because he's another guy. They they did not want to bring him up when they did. They just needed a body because mm-hmm. he had a slow start last year. Yeah. I think that he is going to be a perennial all-star. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with most people. Ellie has a higher ceiling. Yes. Ellie does things yes. on a baseball diamond that I have simply never seen before. Yeah. But Noel V is going to be that guy batting third in the lineup. He's going to play third base or maybe a corner outfielder if he keeps bulking up a little bit. I don't know. I think he has a uh, perennial all-star contender contender floor. That's his basement. Yeah. And I think he could be rookie of the year next year and be Absolutely. a mainstay for the next uh, – until he gets whatever contract he wants. Right, exactly. And that's what that, – that's interesting because uh, I didn't realize this until I heard it on Lock and Reds that Marte still hasn't had enough of bats. He, he still yeah. is going to be a rookie next year. So he's got a, got a hell of a shot of getting yeah. rookie of the year. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I heard this. If he gets the rookie of the year, the Reds get another draft pick or compensation draft pick or something like that. Yeah. So there was some news uh, on a similar vein today. If they, the rookie of the year team that has the rookie of the year, um, I believe gets a supplemental draft pick. And then these players for reaching certain uh, statistical benchmarks get bonuses. I don't know if you saw today, Matt McClain got like 500 grand. Ellie got a, like a quarter mil. Nice. Uh, TJ Friedel, I think, got the most of any red that based on. Their performance bonuses. So there is reasons to get these guys up there and get them in the lineup and give Nick Cross some credit, which is not something that I've done very often until here recently. <laughs> um, I've had to, he's made me eat some crow, but that's the strategy behind drafting these shortstop, these athletes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if you can play shortstop at the big league level, you can play second, you can play third, you can play an outfield Outfield. spot. And I think whenever people push back on Elliot, I get it. You want this guy to be a shortstop in a perfect world, he probably is. But we can live with the world where he's out there patrolling center yeah. field, a la yeah. King Griffey Jr., we'll a la Willie we'll Mays. Right. We'll be all right. And that, that's funny you brought that up because I know people, again, lost their mind. Well, how many shortstops do you need? And I kept saying this. Like, I will draft every single shortstop I can. If they can hit and they can play shortstop, they can play anywhere. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's that's one thing I don't – and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to downgrade people, but – if you don't know that, you don't know baseball <laughs> because shortstop, you got to be the most athletic guy on the field to play shortstop. You can do that. You can do anything. So that's where yeah. I've never had a problem with that. Let's get to more. 
Let's get to Joe here. He, he's he, he wants. He, I think he, he misses. He wants to be on the show. Just Joe, you're gonna be on Friday. Just hold on. I'm <laughs> still wondering how much it needs injury, hamstring in 2022, plantar fasciitis in 23 affects his defense. I still think it's bad, but with healthy legs under him, he could cover more ground. That is, I mean, I actually don't even didn't know he had all that stuff to be honest, um, or didn't remember it. But yeah, that will be if he's a fully healthy, uh, good good to go this year. I am curious how – okay, Ellie's biggest thing, he's got to get more consistent this year. And what made me feel better about him is toward the end of the season, he started getting that way, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and some people – some people were tweeting, oh, he's 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 the Punisher. He's – um oh, what was his name? I can't remember. Um, Who is like, Aristides Aquino. Yeah, Aquino, yeah. Oh, he's him. Like, no, he – oh, my God, it's yeah, not even yeah. close. Don't even, yeah, don't even bring that up. But that, that's, that would be interesting to see with him being – you know, that far removed from those injuries of how that will boost him even more this year, I think. Yeah, I think it'll be a huge boost. And I think just as important is that um, every time Jonathan India has been healthy, like legitimately healthy, because that guy plays through everything. He's a Mm -hmm. dog. But when he's been healthy, he's hit. Mm -hmm. He's hit really, really well. And you can live with below average defense when you're out there raking. Mm-hmm. So if he's hitting better and the defense is, I mean, yeah, you're going to cover more ground. You're going to make more crisp plays when you're healthy. I think it, uh, it, it, it's a no brainer. You, you give the guy the chance. I think he's earned, he's earned the chance, but the problem is my theory shouldn't even be a problem. It's actually a bonus is that the Dodgers have been doing this for a little while. You see in the NBA all the time, this load management. Yeah. I think the Reds have just figured out Nick Carl, maybe he's done it himself that playing five days Keeps guys more crisp than playing seven. Uh, and, and, I, and I met I met India. I said Ellie. I just <laughs> why, I was, why I said that. But that's that's one thing I want to bring up about my favorite team, the nineteen ninety Reds. Mm-hmm. And Lou Pinella would do this. I remember going to Saturday or Sunday games, and there was one time the whole infield was all backup guys. No, no, he he didn't play anybody. He would give guys off days off more than I did. He was the first manager I can remember doing that on a, on a consistent basis. This is back. 30 years ago in 1990. But like I said, even if you have, just say you have Ellie at shortstop, you can rotate guys every day. Somebody's got an off day and every day somebody's DH and every day somebody's playing the infield. So, I mean, that is not a bad thing. To have. Having talent at every position is not a, it's not a no. bad thing. I mean, for what some of the Reds teams we've had the past 10, 15 years, I'll take this problem. Almost every team that they've had for the past 10 or 15 years. There is a people complaining about the Candelario signing. Like he was the number five um, position player free agent. The Reds went out and got one of the guys. Right. That never happens. I'm going to be happy with it until it doesn't work. Because I haven't been this excited about a Reds team in a long, long time. I, I've been saying that for a while. Probably last time I was this excited was 2020 when Kessley lost his mind and decided to sign a whole bunch of people. And I'm like, holy crap, we're, we're going to be good. And then, you know, we know what happened <laughs> two years after that. But, yeah, that that's where I'm at. Is And that's why I'm not as – for me, the starting – because it was I wanted to get an outfielder, right-handed bat, and I wanted to get a starting pitcher. Now I don't I – don't, if we get a right-handed bat, cool. I, I want the starting pitcher. That's more of the important thing to me because – of the positional diversity that this team has. Yeah, what I would love to see them do is, we talked about Dylan Cease, if they could put together a, a robust package, because it's going to take a lot for him and then uh, Luis Robert Jr. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That would be That awesome. alone <laughs> takes this team to NL Central favorites, I think. And and it's going to make us all want to splash a few bucks down on FanDuel or your favorite <laughs> betting app for that exactly. team to go all the way. Exactly, and that, that's the that's the thing. It's like with these prospects and, and with the way the Reds have drafted and developed the last couple of years, it's not – there's no sign of it stopping. There's still guys in double-A, single-A mm-hmm. that are still in, by Major League Pipeline are, you know, in the top 15 to 20 uh, prospects in baseball that are mm-hmm. down in single-A and double-A that are going to get up here. So that's the thing. Or these people who want to hold on to prospects and hold on to this because, oh, we're not going to be able to sign people. We're not going to be able to do this. Like, well, that's what this Reds team has to do because I love Ellie. I, I seriously doubt once he gets a free agent, we're going to be able to set, sign him. I mean, yeah. Choi just signed $700 million contract. Unless he absolutely loves Cincinnati, there's no way in hell we're going to be able to keep him. But that's my comes to my point is you have these guys for the ones you can't keep that 
you can replace them along with using them to trade for pieces. And that's where the Reds have a stockpile of prospects, and there's more coming. Mm -hmm. So, shout out to Nick Craw and them for for drafting and developing. They, uh, speak on that, on how good they've done that in the last couple of years. It's blown my mind. I've uh, been among the biggest Nick Crawl bashers um, in Reds fandom. And I've just been wrong lately. You know, we'll still see how some of this stuff pan pans out. I wish they would have made a move at the deadline just for the sole reason I want to see this freaking team in the playoffs. Six times in my entire life, guys. That's why Six. I'm saying this. Six! But <laughs> you pointed to something that I think is really, really important. They He drafted and developed these guys. And look how that's panned out. And we'll see what happens next year. But I'm pretty optimistic that they have one of the most desirable cores of any team in baseball until at least 2028. There seems to be a little bit of a gap. We got some good pitching prospects in double and triple A, but there's a bit, bit of a gap on the positional side. But then you, you go down a little bit more. Joe mentioned the catching prospect, 17-year-old Alfredo Duno. Mm -hmm, He's a mm -hmm. guy guy. Yep. My favorite young guy, Hector Rodriguez, an outfield prospect that is the youngest guy in the Dominican League and just absolutely ripping the cover off the ball. Um, they've got this next wave ready, but it seems structured so that they need to take advantage of this window mm -hmm. because that wave's not coming until 2028-29. Right. Right. And that's the thing is, is hopefully, and, and some uh, teams have done this, started to sign these guys before they hit arbitration. Mm -hmm. That's the next move that I see Crawl trying to do, trying to get, uh, hopefully Ellie, I, I'd be surprised, yeah. uh, uh, Matty Bats, uh, Morte, uh, Ashcraft, th these guys, I mean, they already did it with Hunter Green. So, mm -hmm. so you know, that's in, in their thought process. Now the problem is a lot of these guys are Boris uh, guys. Boris is their agent yeah. and, he doesn't really want to do that. He wants to get his players to, to free agency. So that might mm -hmm. be part of the problem. But there are guys out there that, that they could could sign. Do you, do you see them potentially signing some of these guys to contract extensions before they get to arbitration? I've been banging that drum for forever and was thrilled to death when he did that with Hunter Green. Mm -hmm. um, it was just a savvy, savvy move. And you do that. You try to buy out all their arbitration years and at least one more. Get right. that one extra year. And – I do see him doing it. I know that they had conversations with Ashcraft and Lodolo. Um, Lodolo's probably wishing he would have said yes right about now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would be shocked if they don't have those conversations with everybody that we've mentioned and Spencer Steer and CES. Yes. yes. Because, A, they can't say yes to it unless you offer it. Look mm -hmm. at Atlanta, though. Look at what Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies Jr. signed for. Well below mm -hmm. market value because they got them early. And Ellie signed for a $65,000 signing bonus out of the Dominican. What, yep. 16? <laughs> yeah, you put $100 million in front of that guy and make him say no. Right. Boris, Boris can say, wait, pump the brakes, you're going to make more. But Ellie can say, the next five generations of my family are taken care of, and I'll still get another right payday when I'm 31. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're taking care of right now. He can take care of them right now. That, that's yeah. a big thing. And yeah. you get those guys to those lower rates, and if Nick Crawl wants to do this thing where he trades everybody with a year or two of team control to restock the coffers with more prospects, that makes it a really appealing Trade option when you've right. got a guy like a Matt McClain. Heaven forbid, I want to see him be a ref forever. I love, I love that Matty guy. Bats. I love Matty Bats. <laughs> yeah, if you got him on a good deal, you can trade those a lot easier. Now, uh, let's talk about – Also, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. Did you come up – I've never heard anybody call him Matty Bats until I uh, heard you call him that. I love yeah, it. I call, I call him Matty Bats. Uh, I, just, I don't know why it just came out because he was raking yeah. when, he, when he first came up. and I think Matty Bats – I've been calling him that since he, he came up. So That's got to okay. catch on. I love that. I'm kind of hoping it sticks, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about uh, the man, Joseph Daniel Votto. <sighs> yeah, I know. I mean, I, and I, I don't know about you, Nate. I, I figured it was going to be his last year. I went to his last game. I mean, my son made sure we went there because I wanted to go see because I, th I thought this was going to be it. I didn't think the Reds were going to sign him. Um, I thought there might have been a slight chance, but with the, the signing of uh, Jammer Candelario, that's out the window. How how big a loss? And I, I'm not. And his bat wasn't like it used to be. But his leadership and just having Joey Votto's experience to mentor and talk to these guys during the season. Mm -hmm. How do you replace that? Is that Jonathan India? Because you know, I mean, can you replace that? What, what's your thoughts on just the the, the loss of loss of, of Joey Votto and just your thoughts on Joey Votto? Joey Votto is my second favorite player of my lifetime and definitely the best red of my lifetime. It's not even close. I don't see how you can possibly replace day-to-day -day words of wisdom from a 
a future Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. um, I understand why they didn't do it or they didn't bring him back. I don't like it. I disagree with it even. I think that Bob has the money to do it, even if you know Joey wants to play every day. If they pick up the option, they can tell Joey where to play. True. <laughs> hey, True. You don't have you don't have a choice. That's what they did last year. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll play as much as we as, as we say you are. Right. Um I you heard Will Benson. You still hear Will Benson wax poetic about how the conversations with Joey turned his his season around. And his now we love around. that. <laughs> yes, entire absolutely his yeah. career. And now we love that guy. I think they're gonna miss that. Now, Graham Ashcraft on your show alluded to something that maybe this team doesn't needed as much because they're all just young brash don't know any better <laughs> don't know any better yep um so they're gonna miss something i think more than anything though the fans are who are gonna miss the most i think we deserved some sort of farewell we may get it in the future i'm always gonna hold out a little bit of hope until he signs somewhere else until he yeah. retires but it just it stunk the way it all ended very unceremonious for probably the greatest red of all of our lifetimes I mean, the only thing, it, it ended just the way Barry Larkins did. I mean, Barry Larkins' yeah. contract ended, and I think the Reds wanted to do something. He wanted to see if he keep playing. Nobody signed him, and that was it. That was <laughs> you it. know, we never saw him again, and now he's got his number retired and Hall of Famer hey, and all that stuff. So. If Joey wants to come back to the booth. Yeah. I listen to him every day. Exactly. And Robert, Robert here, and I can, I, can, I, I can see him do this. It needs to be offered a hitting coach by, by the – by the Reds, mm -hmm. I, dude. I mean, I, there's not a better guy right now that could help or talk to you about hitting than Joey Votto. <laughs> nope. Now, if, if I don't see, I don't. Most players don't. Most players, especially guys like Joey Votto, who don't need the money, you know, have done, don't go right from playing to jumping into coaching. Guys who still have to have a job do that. I can see Joey Votto if the way signs and taking a year off, figuring out what he wants to do. The only only team I would be okay with him signing with. Is the Toronto Blue Jays because that's his hometown team. Other than that, I don't want him. I mean, I don't want him to sign with anybody. I mean, if he if he's not gonna be a red, I don't want I don't want him to be in uh, in any other uniform. That, that's just me. But um, I want want to roll back to another another player that I missed the boat on. TJ Frito. Mm -hmm. When he came up, uh, not last year, year before that, um, I was talking to my son. I'm like, yeah, I said I think he, you know, he's gonna be a good bench guy. You know, I don't, you know, he, he, I don't think he's gonna be an everyday player. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, that dude, I love him. He's a baller. He's a dirt ball, you know, down and gritty, grinded out player. I, my, for me, one thing Dave Bell does that drives me nuts when he doesn't hit him leadoff drives me insane. I love TJ Frito in center field and hitting leadoff. What's your thoughts on TJ Frito? Oh, man. Uh, first off, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I thought that his success at the end of 2022 was a flash in the pan. Um, there's no way we're going to see that again because we never had before. But isn't he just the kind of guy that Cincinnati loves? Mm -hmm. Reds fans love a TJ Friedel, that, that, mm -hmm. that scrappy outfielder, the Ryan Frill type, the Chris Steins, because we've seen so many yep, times. Chris Steins, yeah. But you hear these stories a lot. These guys who got sent down to AAA, made an adjustment, made a tweak, and came back and hit really well. And 99 out of 100 of them are what their baseball card says they are. Yep. Just these 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 4A players that never pan out. TJ Friedel seems like whatever he did, whatever mechanical adjustment he made, it was legit because he sustained. He was the most consistent red last year. Yeah, him and Spencer Steer, and he's got more power than season. I thought he had too. The pop is crazy. He yeah. looks like he should he should have more bunts than he does extra <laughs> base hits. Dude, and he kind of does. Uh, he's the best bunter in, in major baseball. And, and I'm gonna date myself again. I was telling I don't remember I was telling somebody this, but. With him bunting for base hits, he reminds me of Brett Butler. Brett Butler was a mm -hmm. leadoff hitter for the Giants and center fielder and played for the Dodgers as well. He would lead everybody in, in bunt hits. TJ Friedel is that type of dude, and I love that about him because it would drive me nuts. Like, we have Billy Hamilton who couldn't get on base, bunt the ball, hit the ball on the ground. You can freaking run to first base and get it. TJ Friedel takes advantage of every opportunity that is presented to him by bunting the ball. I love that about him. What does it say to a corner infielder? When yeah. the guy's just as likely to lay one down that you have to make a play on or smash one right back at your face. Like keep those guys on their toes. I love DJ Friedel. I do think there's a chance we saw the best of him last year. That may have been his peak. But talk about a guy that you love rooting for in your ball club. Well, hopefully that, that's his peak. Hopefully just he's consistently there. If he's consistently he a couple there, of years. 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, to be, to be honest. Now, let's get to the guy who I bang on the most more than anybody is David Bell. <laughs> David Bell drives me absolutely insane. Like, mm-hmm. and and, and I, I guess baseball has changed because a lot of managers do this now. But when he first became the manager of the Reds, I'm like, geez, old dude, you're managing every game like it's the seventh game of the freaking World Series. I'm like, you're going to blow your bullpen out before the season's over, which a lot of times David Bell has. <laughs> you know, he used, still to me, used the bullpen way too many times. But the players absolutely freaking love him. I mean, and Gray Mashcraft saw the show. He said go through a wall for that dude. I mean, th- these guys love him. And to me, sometimes that's more important than being a good X's and O manager. If you got the, the, the ball club and you got those guys that believe in you and are going to play for you, that's more important, I think. What, what's your thoughts? Unfortunately, I agree. I was so disappointed when I heard Graham Ashcraft say that. I was hoping <laughs> he'd be like, this guy's a bum. I wish they'd get rid of him. <laughs> I have been on the Fire David Bell train for about three years now. But, me too. Me too. <laughs> for the exact same reasons. Yeah. He he loves playing the playing the percentages. He loves platooning these dudes and pitch hitting based on matchup. I, I would just if he, if he could just stop doing it in the fifth inning because there's still two more at bats. I'm gonna, I got sick and tired of watching Stuart Fairchild pinch hit for Joey Votto in the fifth Ugh. just to watch him strike out twice. In the seventh and ninth innings, or he'll, or, nuts. or he'll get the pitcher have two outs. He get two outs out. And then, oh, all right, we got we got to pull you out. Like, and he'd be on a roll. I'm like, let him finish the damn inning. <laughs> like, yeah, sometimes momentum and just the juice yeah. is real. Like it'll be bases empty, two outs. David, Bell. all right, run the bullpen. I'm like, for what? <laughs> that guy just threw eleven innings in the last two days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But to give uh, to give some credit where credit is due, uh, as much as I bash on the guy. You got to give him a little bit of love for the way the team overachieved last year. And, you know, we we were all ready to get Dusty Baker out of town. Look and then about, about a year after he was gone, I was like, oh, maybe yeah. uh, like, like a do over there. Yeah. Well, now, my 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 beef with, with Dusty, and I had the same thing with, with Marvin Lewis when they were both the, the coach manager here. To me, they tried to take – they never had any emphasis. You know, it was a playoff <laughs> game or it was a big series. Like, ah, oh, you know, it's not the big deal. And – the players played like that. You know, they never, they never, we never did good at primetime games. We never did good in, in playoff series or anything. That was one of the problems I had with them. Not David Bell. <laughs> Every game is a seventh game in the World Series. <laughs> so it's kind of like trying to bring that back a little bit. Now he, he hasn't, you know, won a playoff series yet. We're, we're by the way, we're still 21, uh, 21 to 22 uh, scoreless uh, playoff streak. Uh, thanks to the Atlanta Braves. Just, just put that out there. Um, thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but that's where, you know, I'm hoping that the attention that David Bell does bring for these big games does translate for the Reds because Bruce Bochy can't stand the guy because he beat us, but I respect the hell out of him. Sure. He manages, and that's one thing, I, he's the first one that I noticed do this, manages differently in a regular season game and a playoff game. And I think that's where I want David Bell to do a little bit more. I think a lot, a lot more managers are starting to, to do that. Because there is different intensity. There is – it's a playoff game. It's a big series. There are games – you got to win this game. You, you know, there's different things to this where I think managers should manage a little different. Mm-hmm. What, what's your thoughts on that? I think you're 100% correct. And I think the one thing that um, Nick Crawl has done, whether or not this was part of his strategy or not, is he's almost created a David Bell-proof lineup. I mean <laughs> – I like that. Damer like yes. Candelario yes. is a switch hitter. Yep. He hits equally okay from both sides. So suddenly you're replacing these at bats with other guys that are good offensive players instead of the Stuart Fairchilds and the Jason Bostlers of the world. Or the farmer. Um, oh my not, or no, who is it? Who is who is the third? Oh, New- no, Newman. Kyle Farmer. Newman. Yeah, Kevin Newman. Kevin, uh, get out of here! With he that. loved that guy. I'm like, why? And he would lead him off. I'm like. Oh, anyway. <laughs> he was he was probably the source of the, the most of my frustration. Last oh, year. I, I was, I but Augie, um, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Augie brought up a good point. Dusty is a lot like Buck Shoulder, these these baseball dudes. But I'll tell you what, Augie, uh, Dusty did end up winning one. Yeah. And if the Reds need to go out and make a trade for the Astros, Framber Valdez, who I'll they're take- rumored to be listening in on, then that might be that rotation piece that puts the squad over the top. Dude, I just got chills. Are you serious? I haven't heard that yeah, one. Yeah, they came out yeah this morning or yesterday that they're not actively shopping him, but they're listening because they are um, over their target payroll and in that luxury tech area, and they they 
have said out loud they want to get that down. So it'd be pretty rare for a World Series contender to trade their best pitcher. But if they wanted to give the give give them whatever they want, I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, Augie, he did what he won with the Astros, dude. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he won. 2022. Yeah, Augie's, Augie's my dude. He's he's a Yankees fan. You know, we we'll have, we'll have to let him. You know, get over. Um, so <laughs> okay, so with Shohei Otani signing his 700 million dollar contract, it all comes back to oh, woe is me. You know, the Reds will never be able to do that. We can't. Which we're never going to be able to afford to pay anybody like that. Nor do I really want to. But that goes back to. I guess my point we said earlier in this broadcast is the window is now mm-hmm. we have all that we will never, we would never see that many kids come up in one season and play as good as those guys. That will never happen again. I've never seen that. That is so rare. That's why I'm like, the time is now to strike now to go, not just make the playoffs, win the damn thing. Cause we got enough talent to do it. If, Last year, if our pitching staff would have stayed healthy, we would have been in the playoffs. I guarantee yeah. you. Sure. Our problem wasn't our offense. Our problem was our starting pitch. We had so many freaking bullpen games last year. If we can keep these guys healthy, get that number one starter, we're, we can win this thing. It's I mean, just I, I, just look what the Houston Astros did. What they did is what our blueprint is, is what the Reds are doing. They're in the middle of doing the same thing. That's a fact. And look what the Diamondbacks did in the playoffs. You just got to get into the dance. It doesn't yep. matter how big your payroll is. The Braves beat everybody in the league up and down. 162-game season last year. They were the best team in baseball, start to finish, and then they got bounced. Because all you have to do is get there. And the Reds can have a you know three-headed monster of a rotation for the playoffs, a good bullpen, and then this offense that can put up runs in bunches and score runs in a lot of different ways. So we haven't mm-hmm. really talked about somebody like CES yet who could put Dude. up 35, 40 home runs. In a full season, okay, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. Now, this is and this was my comparison because I've seen CES more as a DH. You know, I think mm-hmm. future. I think that's what his. I mean, he can play. He's gonna be first base DH. That's that's his future. But with that bat, he's a 30 home run guy. And and I'm not I just for some when I see him and his swing and 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 everything. I, he look he reminds me of David Ortiz. That's who I think. Now, will he be David Ortiz? I have no idea. That's a big comp right there. But that's where I see him at, and, and that that is exciting as hell to me. What, what, what's your thoughts on, on CES? I love CES. I see him mentioned in a lot of uh, trade rumors, and sure, like for the right package, you gotta give you gotta give up something to get something. Right. But in the meantime, when was the last time the Reds had a thumper like that? Mm-hmm. A guy that is a threat to put one ten rows deep every time he steps into the box. I think he has an advanced approach. I think that go look at his splits. Take about his first month. Versus the rest of the season last year, he came on really strong and was knocking the cover off the ball for the last two-thirds of his time up in the big. So I, I cannot wait to see what he looks like over a full season. And another guy can play third base, can play first base, can play a corner outfield spot. Might not play those positions particularly well, but he's young and, and probably got some athletic ability in there that they can make him serviceable. And you can do whatever you want when you're hitting 35 bombs. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, one thing I'll, I'll say, we talk about the Reds offense and – I, the, the 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 series that stood out the most for me of the the essence of this offense was the Baltimore series when, when TJ Freer let all, uh, hit the two run homer I think to, to take the lead and get get the comeback we were down by I think I would say four or five runs and we came back all the way back and won it I think well well Benson hit one in that one that series right there of the just out and out just consistency of this team the grind it out and, and I'm gonna show my age again I love that where. There's action on the base, base pads. People are getting on. They're stealing bases. We're not sitting back waiting for the three-run homer. The Reds, were, I think, were on the cutting edge of that this year. Of It's old-school baseball, but it's on the cutting edge. And teams weren't ready for that, especially the stealing of the bases, dude. That is a game-changer. I'm so happy it's back in baseball. But that was a huge part of the Reds' offense this year. It's so much more fun to watch, isn't it, than those oh, three God, true yeah. outcomes. Oh, I mean, yeah. I hate that. They teams could seem to catch on to the Reds a little bit towards the end of the year. And so the Reds had to adjust. It's that cat and mouse game that happens all season long. But the Reds had five or six dudes that were trying to steal a base every time they got on. Sometimes in L.A. De La Cruz's case, three bases home. at once. And home. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that the Reds are, and I think that's one thing you've heard some of these free agency, free agents say. There's different vibes coming out of this clubhouse than years past. These guys are exciting. They're fun. They're energetic. They're enthusiastic. And that stuff's contagious. 
Absolutely. And, that, and then I, I go back to it. I'll say this last year. Reminds me of the 2021 20, Bengals. You know, like we said, they, they don't know what they don't know. You know, they're young. They're fun. They got nothing to lose, you know, which is, oh, okay. We're not like last year. We're not supposed to be here. We're, we're a year or two ahead of schedule. We're still a year or two ahead of schedule because we were really weren't thinking about the Reds contending to 2025. It's yeah. 2024. I and mean, like, we're, if they make the right moves, we can't contend in this division. So we got nothing to lose, dude. Let's, let's take advantage of this window we got now. And that's what is so exciting about this. Mm-hmm. And I love it that the Reds and the ownership seems like you know, we all don't have our issues with the Castellini's. <laughs> but it looks like they're they're in it to, to, to actually try to make a difference this year. I mean, do, do you feel that? People have asked plenty of times, what could the Castellini's do to win back Reds fans, win back the city? Win a World Series. Build a winner. Yeah. That's, that's it. Like I, do. I mean, go, go out and get that starting pitcher. Get another bullpen piece. And – I say if this team can, this town can forgive Mike Brown, which not everybody's forgave <laughs> him, but they're they behind his team. We can do the same thing with the Castellinis. A hundred percent. I mean, we talk about how much it's a baseball town. They're going to fill up Great American Paul Park all season long, and I can't wait. We just have not had this level of enthusiasm for a baseball season. I can't remember. You talked about 2020 going into that season before you know the world shut down. Right. Even those guys they got, we were just happy they got somebody. Right. We we knew that didn't make the Reds World Series contenders. But we we're like, oh my gosh, there's there's positivity. Let's go. This is different. This is real talent. You know, we all had that excitement going into this Bengals season before injuries happened. Well, who knows? Jake Browning is so, the hey, truth right. for president. Let's go. But I think that you know, having legitimate, real, not not if I squint, I can see it, but real true playoff aspirations. We're gonna enjoy this ride, anyway. Hell yeah, dude. Absolutely. And we are one, and I titled the show 100 Days Away for Opening Day. Let's go. Graham Ashcraft, I, 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 we've referenced him a lot on the show here, but I, I brought that up to him about how, you know, Oprah's opening day here is a holiday in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, there's nobody does opening day like we do. And Graham said, he goes, he obviously wants to be the opening day starter. He goes, if I'm not, he goes, I want to be in that parade every year if I'm not the opening day starter. I'm like, and that, that's, I don't know. That's a pretty big statement because he because he, he didn't know how yeah. big it was, and it is. I mean, from the parade to what's made even better is the banks because it used mm-hmm. to be the parade. You go because I, I was can we go to the parade? Did we, did we walk into the stadium because there's nothing to, nothing to do. Now they got the banks mm-hmm. where they got band playing. They got the door area. It's full of of a sea of red. I mean, everybody's fired up. I mean, it is un freaking believable. Go go to Fox Square, watch the parade. Go to the banks. Get some meat, get get a couple of drinks, go into the stadium. Like, dude, Nate, I love opening day. It is one of my favorite days of the year. It's a holiday in Cincinnati, the best opening day in baseball, without question, for America's oldest team. Um, I don't know. We have to we gotta put a put a crew together this year. We Hell gotta yeah, get dude. there. Hell yeah, dude. We'll do, we'll do it a riverfront uh, ice crew. The riverfront ice crew. There you go. <laughs> All right, Paul's got a question here. Uh, which uh, it's, it's a legit question. He said, "Who cares the torch if India is traded and Joe is gone?" And I, I, the first guy that comes up to me, Matty Bats. That's that's the guy who I think is, is that that leader, that guy, mm-hmm. that dude. I, I, that's the first one that comes comes to mind for me. Yeah, he's the only person that comes to my mind when I think of who could wear that captain C, mm-hmm. who could put that C on their chest. But the other, the answer might just be nobody needs to. All of them, right? The cool thing is, 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 like Graham said, too, is they all played with each other in the minor league. So they all yeah. come up together. So it's not – they know each other, you know. They, they It's not like we traded for a whole bunch of guys and they got to get to know each other and all that stuff. They already know each other. They know how guys tick. They know who needs a kick in the ass, who needs a, a back rub. You know, they know each other. So, I mean, that, that right there in itself helps. And, again, they're young. They don't know what they don't know, you know? So they're just going out there having fun. And like you said, they might not need one. Yeah, the chemistry's there. These guys are playing for each other as much as they're playing. You know, you don't worry about those those egos the way that you have to with a lot of teams. And right. I think this team just has 26 buddies. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. That's a great way to play. We're just out here. It's beer league softball, baby. We're just out here hanging out, kicking ass. And that's, dude. I'm so freaking excited. I cannot. I cannot wait. I mean, I, I, I'm in the middle of football season. I love my Bengals, but we start getting talking about the Reds. I get so excited about because it it's been so damn long since they've been good and relevant. And Nate, the thing is, they can be good for a while. That's what's so so exciting about this. We're not talking about 
you know, like our run we had in 2010 to 2012. I'm like, but he ended up, ended up going, that's it? That's as long as it was? That's all like, we got out of it? That's all we got out of that? Dude, this could be a 10-year run with, with the players we got. It could be. And the ones that are behind it, if they, you know, develop all and everybody goes the way we think it goes. And that's huge. Yeah, I think if you look at last year as the first, as the, the start of the run, mm-hmm. then we have every reason to expect at least six years of a hyper-competitive team. And that's only if all these other prospects don't pan out or if Nick Carl just stops doing his job. Right, right, Minimum. Exactly. Over half a decade. Pump that into my veins. Woo. Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> um, now, the other thing that happened this offseason, Nick Carroll got uh, promoted to not only general manager, but uh, president, president of operations. Am I correct? On president of baseball operations. Yes. Yeah. So, I think that was a hell of a move because I think it's the Reds' way of being able to keep him because some other team is going, is going to try to offer him more money and pluck him from us of what he's done. Do you think what's your thoughts on, on that move that, that the Reds did there? I think it was twofolded. One, um, everything you just said, and also the, um, the gentleman that they promoted to general manager, another guy they don't want to lose. You know, they they really like their front office the way it's constructed, and they want to keep those guys any way they can. And sometimes just a an improvement in title is the way to do that. Um, Nick Crawl, if he has another couple seasons the way he has these last two, and I think part of that is building that real contender, yes. not just yes. having prospects pan yes. out. But you have to improve upon what you did last year. Yes, but if he right. does it for another season or two, then you're right; like he's going to be a prime candidate to get poached by somebody else. And you know, time will tell. I, I feel weird praising Nick Crawl so much. Like somebody <laughs> needs to come. You can't help but tell. I mean, check I mean, on me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I felt bad for Nick as soon as he got. The, his dream job, he got promoted to general manager, and I just felt like going to Bob and feel we like, here, here's a bunch of crap, go do something with it. <laughs> it's what Nick Crawl got basically handed to him, a whole bunch of uh, uh, contracts that they wanted to get rid of, a whole bunch of aging players, and none of the prospects were, were you know, they were all in single A and double A at the time. Uh, you know, and from how quickly he turned it around is unbelievable. Because, dude, I Hey, not two years ago, I'm like, we lost 100 games. Like, dude, we're going to suck. Like, last year, honestly, I'm like, we're going to suck. I like, got Reds opening day, and then, okay, bring on the Bengals. <laughs> it's kind of the way yeah. I was. You know, I, mean, I was so freaking mad at the ownership. I was so, I'm so, I was so tired of watching them and watching them go out there and get their head kicked in day in and day out. And, and, and the ownership acting like they don't give a crap. They don't do this. Well, because that's the way it felt. And that's the other thing we're talking about how, Kissleys can win fans back. Act like you care, you know? Well, great. You get all this cool stuff at GABP, but your team sucked. I'm like, cool. I can walk around the stadium and eat hot dogs and all you can eat and look at the stacks and fireworks and cool. But the team sucked. I, <laughs> I went to Riverfront Stadium. That was a cookie cutter stadium. I could have cared less about that because the team was good, you know? That's what I like. I'm there for baseball. I'm there for the team to be good. And that's what's so freaking exciting about what we have here. Yeah. Phil Castellini just needs to keep his foot out of his mouth. Uh, no more PowerPoint <laughs> presentations. Um, no more telling the fans that they're out of it before opening day because the players ain't listening to that. No. No. They're ignoring them. And that's great. I, I, I wish – well, I, we have to ignore them now, now too. I still never understood. Where else are you going to go? Where why oh the hell would you say that? Like, are, like how far removed from reality are you? Like, like you it almost to me, it was still like a challenge. Like, oh, screw you! I'll go somewhere else. And I love the Reds, but I'm, I'm not giving you my money. Now I am. I'm, I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go get a season a season ticket package here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's get a couple more comments, and I will get you the hell out of here, Zach. <laughs> Zach should manage the team. Uh, we'd all be drunk and loud in <laughs> half hour before first pitch. That's yeah, if Phil Castellini wants to say something, pull a page out of Zach Taylor's playbook and just say, the only thing he needs to be saying is telling the fans to go drink beers and come to the game. Exactly, exactly. All right, Nate, you've been up for uh, almost an hour. I appreciate it, dude. This has been so much fun. Like I said, if I, when I get Grandmaster back on again, I'll send you a link and hopefully you can jump on. Appreciate but it. do me a favor, plug something for me before I let you go. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. This has been a blast. I'll come back anytime. I'll get you back over, get you on the, over on the Riverfront also soon. Um, riverfront.com, riverfrontcency.com. We got baseball shows on Friday and Sundays, and Joe's over there rocking the Bengals show with Greg. So please come check us out, riverfrontcency.com, where we got 
college sports. A lot of UC Bearcats, Xavier in Northern Kentucky, Miami, Ohio. We're covering everything over there. So uh, come check us out. Jeff, thank you again for letting me come on here and talk some shop with you, man. This was a blast. Hey, no no worries, man. Anytime you want want me to come on, talk Reds, late night Reds, River from Reds, whatever, dude. I'll, I'm your man. Just, just hit me up. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be there for you. You got it. Thank you so much. All right, brother. See ya. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that much. Go follow Nate. Go follow Joe. Go follow Chad. All these guys from the riverfront. They do a great job over there. Like I said, they come with Reds, Bengals, Bearcats, Xavier. They got writers. They got all kinds of stuff over there. So go check them out. I cannot freaking wait till baseball season. I mean, I, Bengals are still going to the playoff. I'm excited about the Bengals. Don't get me wrong. But I'm very, very excited about the Reds. First time base, this I'm excited about the Reds in God, I don't, I don't even remember 2020, like I said, but it's different because I think we can win more. I'm like, this, like when we drafted Joe Burrow, we got Jamar Chase. I've said, I think we can win multiple Lombardis. The guys we got, if they go get Dylan Cease or, you know, a legit starting number one pitcher, and we keep him for a little while, and our pitchers have developed the way it is, and they stay healthy. We can win a couple World Series. I mean, I'm, it's not that crazy. I mean, that's that's where we're at here. That's what it gets me just absolutely fired up. Anyway, I want to get this out there again. Uh, this Friday, I will be doing a live show at Brick Brewery with Joe Farsing from the Riverfront. Uh, Brick Brewery live at 530. We'll be giving away Bengals tickets. Go to ZTV online, ZTV Cincinnati. You can go there and register for a chance to win Bengals, Browns, Tickets, we will, again, like I said, again, we'll be giving away live on the air at Brink Brewery. You can also sound to get some stuff for Common Threads. Go there. Let's have some fun. It's Friday. Drink some Jackpot Joey beer and get ready for the Bengals to whoop the Steelers' ass. Now, unfortunately, some Bengals lose. Uh, Jamar Chase did not practice today. It is not looking like we are going to have Jamar. But the way T played... And the way T played the last time we played the Steelers and Jamar didn't play, he balled out. I still think we can win this game. My biggest concern is the loss of DJ Reader and because the Pittsburgh Steelers like running the ball. Zach Carter stepped up on that fourth, third down and fourth down in overtime and stuffed them. That gives me hope that maybe he, that gave him the confidence that he can do this. Because, Zach, we're going to need you. We need you to help stop the run. DJ Reader is a huge loss. And if you guys watch this show, your regulars of my show, you know I love DJ Reader. And I'm so upset that he is gone for you. And it's a big loss. And that I've said that, you know, with him being a free agent at the end of the year. That's going to be, if we lose him, that's going to be a big loss. Well, we lost him now. Zach Carter needs to step up. Josh Tufele uh, needs to step up. These guys, you're getting your opportunity to show you can play in the NFL. This is your time to shine. Uh, we got Augie. Uh, I have faith. Hope that wasn't DJ's last. Yeah, I hope not. I hope it wasn't his last play with us either. Um, I don't think so. I, 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 I believe in DJ. I don't think he's going to go out that way. I think. I mean, he's not going to get the big payday. Unfortunately, uh, the Bengals might. Be able to sign up for a vet minimum. You know, he's close to 30, coming back from Terrence Quad. I mean, as far as him coming back and being a Bengal, it bodes well in that favor. But he's got to come back. I think he will. Anyway, you guys have a wonderful day. Uh, tomorrow, I think I might have Trags on. I'm not sure. Reach out to a couple of different people uh, to see who I can get on the show tomorrow. But if you guys are watching on ZTV, like, so make sure you subscribe there. Uh, like I said, there's a donation thing down there. If you guys want to support it, support me. I appreciate you guys. And if you want to follow me on all my social media platforms, you can follow me under Sports with Strawberry Ice on Facebook, Instagram, tw <laughs> excuse me, Twitter X and TikTok. Twitter X is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. Threads, Facebook, IG, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I will be pulling off sound off later on tonight, put on the podcast on Beanpot, Apple, iTunes, Spotify. Google, Stitch Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure, sure you comment, leave a rate, rate, like, and review. Leave a five-star review and a comment. So more for Cincinnati fans to find my podcast if I can get my words together. Also, ZTV has Z Radio. I have all my audio 
all the shows, my audio version on there as well. You guys can listen to it there if you're in the office or whatever and you want to go and it's easier to find on ZTV, you can do that as well. YouTubers, we're at 2,453. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Um, still not back to being monetized yet. If I don't hurry up and figure this out before Christmas, I'm not going to be able to do anything about it till March. I just have not had that. This is the worst time of year for this to happen because I'm so busy at work and everything that I haven't had time. I got to make a video and do this. I haven't had time to do it. So anyway, appreciate all the support. Continue to subscribe to the channel. Like I said, we got some interesting, cool stuff coming up uh, with me and ZTV. So stay tuned to the channel. Next couple months here. because That's really cool stuff. I'm very excited about it. Bengals are going to win Sunday. I'll see you tomorrow night. Reds are going to. I did. Reds are going to make a playoffs this year. Bold prediction. Cincinnati Reds are making the 2024 playoffs. Place your bets now. And that's just sports, baby. See ya!